Hey, this is Sabrina Marie, host of the Building Abundance Success Series. Our primetime mastermind that promotes empowered focus, decisive action, and inspired outcome. My guest tonight on our health and wellness segment to end 2010 is Dr. Joe Esposito from Marietta, Georgia. He's nationally renowned and he's a board-certified chiropractor, board-certified in orthopedic, pain management, double certified in nutrition, and board certified clinical nutritionist. He's a highly sought after lecturer for corporations and educational institutions, trade shows, conferences, professional and civic organizations, and national and international sports events. He is an award-winning author with his book, Eating Right for the Health of It, and he is a pioneer in the field of nutrition, health, and longevity. He has a wonderful show on Health Talk in Atlanta on four stations. And he has a wonderful website I want you to go to, drjoesposito.com. That is D-R-J-O-E-E-S-P-O-S-I-T-O.com. Enjoy. Dr. Joe, how are you doing today? I couldn't be much happier. How about you today? I'm doing wonderful. I'm really blessed that you are here in our holiday season on Building Abundant Success Health and Wellness Edition to talk about health and wellness. wanted you to talk about uh, yourself and where you're from and what you do. Excellent. Well, uh, let's see. I'm uh, Joe Esposito. I'm, I'm board certified in chiropractic. I'm board certified in orthopedics. I'm board certified in pain management. I'm double board certified in nutrition, and I have a BS in clinical nutrition. Uh, let's see. I'm from New Jersey originally, from a place called Hoboken, New Jersey. And I moved to Marietta, Georgia, which is just outside Atlanta here in 1981. And since then, we've been working real, real hard to teach people how to naturally get well and stay well. And it's not hard. It's easy. It's so easy to be healthy. And it's so difficult to be sick. And yet, for some reason, we have it backwards. We work real hard to get sick, and we do very little uh, to get ourselves healthy. So today, we want to talk about the things that these, our listeners can do every single day to make sure that they keep working on this path toward health instead of the path toward sickness. What got you into this uh Nutritional kick. Well, it was interesting. Um, I was uh, I had my degree in chiropractic. I was working on that, and I was also working at the same time on a degree, on a degree in nutrition. And the more I started studying nutrition, the more it made sense. And those three words really change everything in my life. That makes sense. Because if something changes that I was believing at one point, and I suddenly something else comes along and it makes sense, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. And so as I was studying, I tried to figure out what, lifestyle, I hate to say diet, but what lifestyle really works best um, for humans. And I looked at high protein, low protein, high carb, low carb, fats, no fats, and everything, everything kept coming back to a plant-based diet. Fruits, vegetables, grains, nuts, and seeds. So the more I studied it, I kept saying, well, I don't want to give up my meatballs, and I don't want to change my provolone cheese, and I love, you know, uh, burgers at the fast food joint. Everything kept coming back logically to a plant-based diet. And so I couldn't argue anymore. I couldn't defend my old beliefs anymore because they weren't right. And so I said a plant-based diet really is the thing we want to do from a nutritional standpoint, which is fruits, vegetables, grains, nuts, and seeds. And so December 25th, 1986, I had my last piece of meat. It was spare ribs, and it was so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and my gosh. I, and I decided that animal products really are not designed for human consumption. When and you experimented on yourself now, how did it work out for you? Spectacular. I mean, there's not a day that goes by that I don't realize that this was absolutely positively, without a doubt, the right decision. 
Mm. And I, I would a, suspect your health improved too. Oh, tremendous. I had sinus problems. I, I had digestive issues. Um, it was just, it was miserable. I was blowing my nose all the time. I was sneezing. I was coughing, digestive problems. And really the thing that kind of got me was I had, um, I was up in New Jersey and I'd come back down to Georgia. And at the time, uh, I was very poor and I couldn't afford to buy a whole lot of food. And so I would go to this one grocery store and on Tuesdays they'd have the scratch and dents. Dented cans of beans, torn bags of rice, vegetables that were turning brown, and I just load up. I had a bicycle. I'd bicycle there, load up, and bring it home. And I started eating like this, and I started saying, my, my sinuses are feeling better. I, my digestive system is better. I'm sleeping better. My energy levels improved. What's different? And the difference was, if we go back to biblical terms, I was eating the food of the paupers and not the food of the kings. Hmm. I went, wow, this really works. So logic was hitting me, practicality was hitting me. I couldn't argue anymore with the fact that the way you get well is you have to have a normally functioning nervous system, a normally functioning digestive system, and good nutrition. Did friends and family think you were nutso? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Totally whack, crazy, this is a phase, you're just a kid, you'll get over this. And I guess I, maybe I will get over it. I don't know, I'm not going to get over it. So. <laughs> but and, and, and at first it was, you know, you're a little nuts. And then they started seeing the results. And I never ask anyone to change their diet. You know, I just give them advice and say, this is what should work. And give it a shot. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. And when people start to do it, they go, this really works. It's cheaper than anything I'm doing right now. My eyes sparkle, my hair shine, my skin clears up, my breath freshens, I lose weight, my love life improves, sleeping better. Why didn't I do this sooner when people actually do it? The problem is getting people actually do it. Well, because the medical, the normal AMA medical system does not talk about nutritionally based uh, wellness. They don't uh, promote it at all, and and most people go just on that alone. Can you talk a bit about that? Sure, absolutely. Um, I always say that when the medical profession, or the orthodox profession, I guess I should say, because there are medical people that do get it, that Mm -hmm. have done the research and get it, but if the orthodox, quote, health care system, sick care system that we have, if they ever figure out what we do, mm-hmm. I'll be out of a job <laughs> because people will be flocking to them. If I had the, a, fraction of, a, a fraction of a fraction of the money that they spend on advertising to spend on advertising natural health care, people would go, that makes sense. The indoctrination will be destroyed. Uh, people will buy into the fact that, wow, what I've been taught wasn't true, and mm-hmm. people would get on board. But we're up against huge money, and that's a challenge. So we have to do a grassroots. We have no other choice. Well, what we're going through today as a country, there's more spent on health care than spent on wellness, um, sick care, as you put it. <laughs> By far. I mean, we, we spend more money per person than any other country in the world, and I think the World Health Organization ranks us 37th in overall health of industrialized nations. That's scary. It's not working. You know, since I was 1960 till current, life expectancy has increased eight years in the United States. That's great. Mm-hmm. In Japan, it's increased 15 years. I started school in Japan. I know a little bit about that. When I was there as a kid, you would get people's grandmoms and grandfathers. They would bike different places. Yeah. And uh, when I came back to the United States, I'd get people who were roughly the same age and younger, and they were walking on canes. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, in Japan, a lunch would consist of miso soup, a small amount of fish, Mm -hmm. uh, some seaweed, some rice. And here it's burgers. Fries, you know, ketchup is considered a vegetable, mm-hmm. and it's 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 crazy. And we wonder why we have such a low ranking in the, in the educational world as well. 
your brain has to run on fuel. If you put good fuel in your car, it runs better. If you put good fuel in your body, it runs better. Mm-hmm. And it's not rocket science to figure out why we're ranking so low. Mm-hmm. You know, well, it's money, it's money. You know what? Rice and seaweed is real cheap. Miso mm-hmm. soup is real cheap, cheaper than what we're serving the kids here. Mm-hmm. But it's not, you know, customary. So I, I you know, talk I mean, a bit about uh, more about that because why isn't that that push and not just in the school systems, Doctor Joe, in the hospital? I grew up in the hospital system. It contradicts what you should be doing. Why right. is it? What what's going on there? Oh, it's money. I mean, who's paying for it? I just saw uh, on the internet today that you know WebMD had a test you can do to see if you're depressed, okay. and answer these ten questions. And WebMD is supposed to be an independent website, and I use it as a reference many, many times, but it turns out that it's being sponsored by Cymbalta. Mm-hmm. And no matter how you answer the questions, the que- it came up, you may be at risk of clinical depression. <laughs> What's the response? And so what do you want to do? Take a pill. I'm depressed. I have to take a pill, obviously. There's nothing else I can do for depression except take a pill. The school systems are subsidized by the government to grow genetically modified corn, genetically modified soybeans. It's cheap. And if it's cheap, we can go ahead and do it. But at what cost? You know, it's the most expensive cheap meal you'll ever have. And, you know, being a dad, I have a six-year-old. You know, I make sure that when she's with me, she's eating the foods that she's biologically adapted to eat, fruits, vegetables, grains, nuts, and seeds. There's 120,000 foods out there that are good for you. There are seven that will make you sick. Wow. The seven foods that will make you sick are alcohol, meat, sugar, dairy, coffee, soda, and artificial sweeteners. Now, there's other ones. There's gluten and things like that, but there's big seven. Alcohol, meat, sugar, dairy, coffee, soda, and artificial sweetener. Now, I used to be a dietitian. I was a registered dietitian. And I remember going to a meeting one day, and it was a bunch of dietitians. I was the only man in the room. 80, 90% of the people in the room were overweight. And they were serving pigs in a blanket, you know, hot dogs and, and, and wheat wraps, mm-hmm. coffee, artificial sweetener, donuts, cookies, cakes, uh, And I said to the overweight woman who was hosting the the meeting, I leaned over and I said, shouldn't we put on a show at least for each other? Mm. And she poked me in the arm and said, oh, go on. It's just a little party. And I took her advice and I went on and I left. And I gave up my degree, my certification. I gave it because what hypocrisy. That here this fat woman is telling me that we'll just have, oh, it's it's just a little party. Well, you know what? If everyone in the room was thin and in shape and this was just a little party, I would have said that's fine. But obviously that wasn't the case. So the people that are training us aren't trained themselves. Mm. I want to go to a doctor who's healthier than me. I want to go to a doctor who knows more than I do. And these are the people I trust and rely on. But when I see somebody who's overweight telling me how I should be eating, I'm thinking maybe that's not the uh, the best reference right there. True, and if you look at any diet for the, one of the bigger leading causes of uh, health care uh, costs, diabetes, on the diet you've got white rice, uh-huh. uh, white uh, potatoes, sure. <laughs> things that, uh, grains that actually uh, go to sugar really fast in the body. They, they metabolize pretty fast to sh- you know, sugar, Absolutely. right? Yeah, I did a radio show not too long ago, and I, and I do a seminar actually for corporations called Diabesity. Okay. And one of the things I talk about is high fructose corn syrup. Wow. Which I believe is one of the major causes of the increase in obesity and diabetes in in the country. High fructose corn syrup, when it gets into the body, is processed in the liver. Regular sugar, some of it goes to the cells and some of it goes to the liver, the the cells in the body. In high fructose corn syrup, 100% of it goes into the liver. When it goes into the liver, it creates something called uric acid. Mm. 
Uric acid prevents your body from producing something called nitric oxide. Mm -hmm. Nitric oxide opens up your blood vessels. Mm -hmm. It allows blood flow. Now, blood brings nutrients to the cells and carries away waste products. If you don't have the proper amounts of nitric oxide, you can't open up the blood vessels. You can't carry nutrition into the area and carry away waste products. Nitric oxide is nature's Viagra, basically. It opens up blood vessels and increases circulation everywhere. So 50% of men in this country are partially or totally impotent. Similar situation with women, less obvious. But So we have sex issues. We have digestive issues. We have headaches, blurred vision, dizziness, neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain, arm pain. You have to have a normally functioning nervous system, and you have to have normally functioning circulation. And high fructose corn syrup blocks the body from producing the things that opens up the blood vessels and allows normal uh, circulation. Also, one researcher, an expert in the field, said that if you eat 120 calories of regular sugar, mm -hmm. one calorie gets stored as fat. If you eat 120 calories of high fructose corn syrup, 40 calories get stored as fat. Whoa. <laughs> oh, so, my God. Yeah, you're, yeah, 30 years ago when I, was, when I began my research, we thought calories in, calories out. It's not like that anymore because we've created man-made things like high fructose corn syrup. It doesn't exist in nature. And now we've altered the physiology of humanity. And then we have artificial sweeteners, which are actually worse. You know, if we use a little blue packet, we're at a party or something, we have that little blue packet and we put it in our coffee, that's going to break down to three components. Aspartame breaks down to aspartic acid, phenylalanine, and methyl esters. Wow. Aspartic acid is necessary for brain function. 100% necessary, we need it. However, too much aspartic acid literally excites the brain cells to death. So you burn no. out your brain cells, yes. It also breaks down to phenylalanine. Phenylalanine has to be processed. And if you don't have the enzyme to break down, if you have a genetic malfunction and you can't process phenylalanine, you get a condition called phenylketonuria. And that can kill you. And you don't know you have it until you try it, so to speak. Wow. And the other component is methyl esters. Methyl esters is methanol. Methanol is wood alcohol. Mm -hmm. If I were if to buy wood alcohol in a chemistry store, it would have a skull and crossbones on it. <laughs> Not for human consumption. <laughs> and yet we put it in over 6,000 products, including kids' vitamins, yogurts, candies, cakes, uh, chewing gum. So putting this artificial sweetener in, in, in food, and we're dumbing down America. We're killing our children. You're talking about the high fructose corn syrups, and that's really concentrated in all of our drinks and, and many things that we, you know, many people just don't read their labels. Talk about the breakdown of uh, something that uh, um, my generation, younger, maybe even older, <clears throat> that are stuck on these sodas. What is the chemical breakdown of that? Well, like I so said, it used to be sugar. And that was bad enough. Then the high fructose corn syrup came in, and I, that affected it. But uh, if it, especially cola soda has something called uh, phosphoric acid. Phosphoric acid, when it gets into the body, is essentially a calcium magnet. It sucks calcium out of your body. When you put acid in your body, your body has to neutralize that acid, or else it'll throw your body into acidosis, and you'll die. You have to maintain what's called a pH, a level of, of acid in your blood. And too much acid will kill you. So your body has to do everything it can to maintain a normal pH balance. Phosphoric acid is a strong acid. It robs the body of calcium. Sugar, mm -hmm. high fructose corn syrup, all these are acids. They have to be neutralized. And the body uses calcium to neutralize them. So you mm -hmm. can have sugar, which is bad, high fructose corn syrup, which is worse, artificial sweeteners, which is worse, and phosphoric acid, which affects the body in a totally different way, but still in a bad way. 
It's extremely addictive. It's cheap. Mm -hmm. It stimulates a part of your brain called the hedonistic pleasure center, so you're actually getting high from it. Uh-huh. And so what do we do? We just keep, keep consuming it, and then we worry about the healthcare system in the United States. Most of the diseases that we're dealing with are self-induced. And if we don't stop killing ourselves and poisoning ourselves, there is no hope for the healthcare system in the United States. We cannot keep up with the demand. It's impossible. The seven deadly uh, sins, you no, don't like grains, right? Well, seven, yeah, that's one of the like, uh, also rands, are grains. Okay. The grains break down into sugar. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. So if you're going to eat grains, some grains are better than others. For example, wheat has gluten in it. Mm-hmm. And gluten can irritate your small intestine and cause inflammation. And now some people, like celiacs, cannot do any gluten. It causes severe reactions and can even cause death. Mm-hmm. Most people, I feel, are gluten sensitive, okay. not tolerant. So what I suggest folks do is cut out all gluten, all wheat, wheat, barley, rye, for 10 days. Do it. It's free. Okay. On the 11th day, have yourself a piece of pizza. Now, the reason I said pizza is because cheese has a, a, a protein called casein in it. And casein is very similar to gluten in its, in its makeup. So have wow. yourself a pizza. Yeah, see how you feel. Yeah. What and you're gonna feel, yeah, you're going to feel awful. Yuck. And then you'll learn that you are gluten and casein intolerant, or sensitive at least. Mm-hmm. So is it just, how the grains are processed, or how, how does that go? Well, the gluten is in wheat, barley, and rye. It's naturally there. Uh, but it's also the processing. For example, about 90% of the soybeans in this country are genetically modified. And genetically modified organisms, uh, we take the DNA of the, of the soybean and we insert another protein mm-hmm. into the DNA to alter its makeup. And now the body, for the first time, your body, my body, any human, is exposed to something it's never been exposed to in the history of the world. We, it's a man-made, it's frankenfood. We made it in a laboratory. And so your body doesn't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And some of the experiments are just... Uh, one off the top of my head, they did an experiment on hamsters because hamsters have a shorter lifespan than humans, so we can see what happens in a shorter period of time. And they fed one group genetically modified soybeans and one just regular soybeans. By the third generation of the genetically modified soybean hamster group, mm-hmm. all of the hamsters were sterile. Wow. In the other group, 100% were capable of reproducing. So the difference was the genetically modification, the genetic modification of the soybeans. Corn is also oftentimes genetically modified. And how many things have corn in them? High fructose corn syrup, corn, uh, corn flour, corn meal. It's everywhere. So if you're doing the, the sodas, the high fructose corn syrup is bad enough, but it's usually made with genetically modified sugar beets or corn, mm-hmm. which is now worse. You know what you've just described, the average kid's lunch in school. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you I know. Yeah, I go to school with my daughter, and I sit there, and, you know, she's six, and I look at what these kids are eating. Pizza? And I, yeah, pizza and, and hamburgers uh-huh. and cakes, and it's somebody's birthday, so we have pink and purple donuts and, and cupcakes coming in. And, and punch I, and uh, sodas. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no water. These kids are all dehydrated. Mm-hmm. And I think what Christ's last words were, Christ said, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Mm-hmm. And there are parents out there that if they knew what they were feeding their children, I promise you wouldn't be feeding them. But they're not taught that. Mm. You know, we're taught geometry and we're taught trigonometry, but we're not taught how to manage your own body. And, and it does start us, young. It starts yeah. young. It's sure. difficult once you get older. 
Uh, it is hard. You know, it's very difficult. I remember friends teasing me. I was pulled off sugar at uh, about six, seven years young, and uh-huh. I hated my doctor. Hated him, hated oh, sure. him, hated him. Sure. Uh, but now my friends aren't laughing now that we're out of college and, and uh, out working and doing our thing. They're the ones with the catastrophic illnesses, and they look at me and they say, you're the one, was, the one we visited in the hospital. What's going on? And I said a lot of it had to do with my diet, uh-huh. a lot of it, and good medical care, of course. Sure. But uh, I didn't junk up on the sugars and, the, you know, the junk. I, I couldn't. You couldn't, right. And that's the thing is it, it's so cheap, it's so easy. Kids get high on it. My daughter wants candy all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm a single dad, so I'm not with her all the time, and she wants candy and candy and candy, and she knows when she's with me she's not going to get it. So what do you want? You want apple? You want orange? You want, you know, we give her options, and so she goes for the options that she knows she has. Mm-hmm. And who's buying the food? I am. Mm-hmm. So I can have the final decision in this. And the other thing that's missing in the healthcare puzzle, if you will, it's not a puzzle, uh, the piece of the healthcare that's missing is the nervous system. Mm-hmm. The way the body works is your brain sends messages down your spine, out your nerves, to every cell in your body. So there's a nerve right now going to your arm. And if it said move your arm, you could, because your brain told it what to do. There's a nerve going to your leg. There's a nerve going to your head. You can control your body because your brain tells it what to do. Mm-hmm. However, up to 90% of your nerves don't feel pain. Now, this is important. You don't feel your pancreas make insulin, but it's controlled by a nerve. If I were to cut the nerve to your pancreas, you would probably die. But many of us pinch the nerve to an organ. And so the organ's working. It's just not working at 100%. Mm -hmm. So you can pinch a nerve to your heart, your lungs, your liver, your spleen, your colon, your gallbladder, your reproductive organs. The organ cannot work. Okay. I don't care how much lotions and potions and rubs and scrubs you put on there, that organ cannot work because the brain cannot tell it how to work because you're pinching a nerve. Talk to us a little bit about uh, your chiropractor. Tell us a little bit about the science of that and how it works because some people just don't get it, and a lot of people still today, I mean, I I went to my first chiropractor when I was a teenager. Um, My father, you know, wholly believed in it, but a lot of people even today don't believe in it. They say, don't go. You should never go to a chiropractor. Oh, yeah. I hear, I hear, once you start, you can't stop. I hear that one about once a day. Uh, but that's like saying, once you brush your teeth, you don't brush your teeth ever, because once you brush them once, you're going to have to keep brushing the rest of your life. No, I mean, that's ridiculous. You know, I've seen personally about 20,000 patients in my career, mm-hmm. 20,000 different patients. If every one of them came in once a month, I'd be seeing 20,000 patients a month. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it if I had 20 other doctors working with me. So it's not true that once you start, you, you never stop. What most people do is once they realize that a bone moves out of place and it pinches a nerve, they want to get it fixed right away. Mm-hmm. So if a bone moves out of place and pinches a nerve, it can hurt. Mm-hmm. So if you have neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain, arm pain, hand pain, wrist pain, go to a chiropractor, qualified chiropractor, and get the bone put back in place. Mm-hmm. Pain goes away. I don't know how to make it any simpler. Mm-hmm. I've been asking my radio show listeners now for seven years. If you can think of a simpler way for me to explain that, please tell me. I don't know how to make it simpler. If, you know, if I'm sticking a pin in my leg, we'll stop sticking the pin in my leg. and <laughs> It'll stop hurting. Wow. However, 90% of the nerves don't feel pain. Uh-huh. And this is, where people don't, this is what a lot of people don't understand about chiropractic, is we want to put the bones back in place, number one, because patients come because it hurts, but we want to open up the nerve supply to the organs. And then the third concern we have is if bones are out of alignment, they rub up against each other and they wear out. And that's called osteoarthritis. 
So getting the spine lined up, or all the bones, the feet, the knees, the ankles, the hips, number one, makes you feel better. Number two, opens up the nerves to the organs, allowing the organs to function normally. And then number three, you reduce, eliminate the, the risk of arthritis. To me, it's a no-brainer. I can't imagine it being any simpler than that.